It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And welcome to the Red Zone. I'm Noel Wall, along with prep reporter Dave Weber. Good morning. It feels like deja vu. Yeah, it does. But we're, we're here every week doing this, and it's fun to do. And we've been doing it since August, and now we're getting into the meat of the season. Yeah, the round of 16, uh, four teams still alive. This is Season 5, Episode 11. Uh, the show, as always, will be available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. And you can also enter your student to win free driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Before we move forward with football, here's an announcement for our listeners. We are exploring the idea of taking the Red Zone talk show concept to the high school basketball season. But for that to happen, I need a few things for my management. One is to show that I have your support. So please email rzt at kgyradio.com if you would like to hear a high school basketball show. You can also email if you'd like to be a sponsor of a high school basketball show. And uh, by the way, email if you have a good name for the show, because it can't be Red Zone Talk, that's football. It's got to be something to do with basketball. Later in this show, Dave talks with uh, Yelm linebacker Peyton Gendron and running back Stephen Reyes, a couple of guys who are quite happy to be in the playoffs. It's been how long? Just a mere 31 years. And uh, uh, in the history of the school, which opened in 1925, that 1987 appearance 31 years ago is the only state appearance before this year. So... A rarity for them, but they're they're eager to see if they can make it last. All right, we'll hear more about that later. I can hardly wait. Right now, we're going to start with teams who did not play in a playoff game last weekend, and that starts with the Rainier Mountaineers in the 2B Southwest Mountain. They didn't play. They finished at 5-4, and four, a little bit down from last year's 7-3, and three, but not bad overall considering some of the things that happened. Yeah, they, were, they had a ton of injuries, and uh, one of the key ones came in a game that if they had won, they would have made the playoffs. They were showing down with uh, Morton White pass for the fourth and final slot, 12-12 at halftime early in the second half. Um, Zach Lofgren, their star quarterback and kind of Swiss Army knife, do all everything guy, got a concussion, had to leave, and they lost the game. And, you know, when you start the season with a roster in the 20s and you lose a few key guys, um, kind of makes it uh, tough to move forward. So they didn't make the playoffs and very wisely chose not to play one of the uh, – non-league crossover games because they just didn't have the bodies to do it. Yep, save it for next year. Moving on to 1A, Tonino Beavers got a win on the black turf, and it might have been the first win on the black turf. They beat Mossy Rock 50-27 to uh, last year and this year, each with one win. Yep, and uh, not sure if their win last year was uh, on the turf or not, but um, they did some good stuff against Mossy Rock. Their offensive line opened up a lot of room for Sean Nicholson, who ended up getting honorable mention all 1A Evergreen Conference at the running back slot, he rushed for just under 200 yards. Zach Robson had about 120. And since we haven't said too much about the Beavers all season, it's only fair to name some of those linemen. Uh, Robbie Marti and Paxton Russell both made first-team All-League. And Takari Hickel is just a freshman. And Anthony Levi made honorable mention. And Riley Rice and Jaden Miller were doing a good job as well on Friday nights. So That's a lot of work in the trench. It is, and they're lucky that they did have the linemen stay healthy. Uh, Paxton Russell's a really good tight end. Takari Hickel is a big, tall kid, uh, just a freshman he should develop. And speaking of develop, hopefully the wind sends them off into their offseason workouts and next spring, spring practice on an enthusiastic note. Yep. 
And then moving to 2A, Rochester Warriors. They also did not play last Friday. They end their season 2-7, and seven, same as the year before for Coach John Moorhead. In 3A, Shelton finishes 2-8. and eight. They got their second win. They beat Mount Tahoma uh, on an away game. They did. That's kind of becoming a tradition. They beat uh, Mount Tahoma in a crossover game last year. But this year is a little bit more important because even though Tahoma's uh, winless, um, the uh, Climbers had just ended a 3A SSC losing streak that lasted 15 games by beating North Thurston in their league finale. To tack on a uh, crossover win gives them a two-game winning streak going into the offseason. And we just talked about the importance of uh, having some enthusiasm as you end going into that grind of offseason stuff. But uh, for Shelton in that game, Jason Kenyon rushed for 58 yards on eight carries. Luke McPhee completed five of his 14 passes for 85 yards and had a touchdown to Anthony Bourne, who totaled three catches for 70 yards. And those three are seniors, but all season long, Coach Mike Speaks and his players were motivated to improve the uh, the buzzword you hear around football nowadays, culture, and set the table for the upcoming youngsters. And they may just have done that. We'll see how their offseason goes or spring practice goes. I know they've got a a uh, young quarterback they're pretty uh, pretty proud of over there. Didn't get much playing time this year, but we'll see how they are next season. Well, the chart definitely went uphill because, you know, we talked about they didn't they couldn't score in a few That's games. Right. Then they got on the scoreboard. Then they got on the winning side of the scoreboard. Yeah, it took them um, three games. They didn't score a single point in their first three uh, SSC games. So, yeah, it was a uh, an uptrend for them. And like I said, if they can uh, use this to create enthusiasm for the offseason – and by the way, they don't have a number problem out there. They had like 80 kids try out, so they're not they're not struggling with numbers. They that's just good. To, they just need to get the more athletic kids in town to show up. And you know, that's a small town kind of atmosphere out there. Once they do get going, they could be uh, they could get back to the the high climbers of yore, where they were a threat to win some championships. I have a feeling it'll be fun to watch them next year. When we come back, we'll finish our look at schools that are now done for the season. That all as the Red Zone Talk continues. This is Olympias KGY. Good morning and welcome back to Red Zone Talk presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. We're happy to have you with us this morning as uh, we look at the playoffs and we're right now finishing up with the teams that did not play a playoff game Last Friday night or last Saturday night, and that starts with North Thurston. They're going to finish two and eight, same as uh, last year after a loss to Spanaway Lake, forty-seven to thirty-four. Yeah, and that was the second year in a row that they uh, played Spanaway Lake in a Week Ten game, and they lost that one in seventeen twenty-seven seventeen. So very very similar uh, margin and similar final record. Uh, one thing that North Thurston does have in their pocket is they have that sophomore quarterback Keon Maggard that they're very proud of, and they feel like they can build around him. And hopefully next year he will indeed generate a lot of offense for them, and the Rams will be on the rise. Yeah. Capital Cougars uh, with a loss to Bonnie Lake, but they improved their season record over last year from 4-6 and six to 5-5. Five and five. And I think more importantly, they started out on a roll. They won uh, their first four or five games and were really, really moving until they uh, ran into some injuries of their own. Um, they finished the season out. Chris Penner was hurt. They're all around uh, wide receiver, DB, and kicker. He was uh, hurt at the end of the year. So um, not quite the finish that he and uh, senior quarterback Grant Erickson were hoping for. But I think that uh, if you look at uh, what Terry Rose wanted to do with that program once he was named head coach, 
they accomplished a little bit of it, and they can build on what they did this year. Yeah, certainly look forward to that because they look like they're moving up. Olympia finishes 3-7 and seven in 4A SPSL. Uh, took out some frustrations on Kent Meridian with a uh, large victory there. Yeah, they blasted the Royals 61-7. to seven. Um, Talked to some Olympia people last night. I was over there for a uh, soccer match, and they were saying that looks like the North Puget Sound League was kind of down this year because Mer- Kent Meridian actually went into that game with a 4-5 and five record. They had a better record than the Bears, but the Bears just rolled them up. They had 455 yards in total offense, including 280 on the ground, a lot of that produced by uh, – junior running back Tyler Woods, and I uh, discovered that Tyler, who was uh, one of their brightest spots, he uh, decided to give up wrestling season. He had immediate surgery on his shoulder this week as soon as the season ended to start building for uh, next season's football. So they've got some dedication, and they've got some – don't forget, this was a junior-dominated squad this year, and they actually scored 40 points or more in two of their last three games. So they might have a chance to get a little bit better next year. Their defense was good, too, on – Saturday, they had four turnovers against Kent Meridian. So, um, you know, just one of these things you never know. Sometimes from a three and seven team can come a uh, seven and three team the next year. Yeah, especially when you're, as you said, dominated by underclassmen and you're going to make them bigger and older and stronger. And we'll look forward to seeing what the Bears can do for next year. So that's a look at the teams that did not play a playoff game. Up next, we're going to look at 2A with two local teams still in the playoffs. Then later, We'll cover 3A and hear from a couple of Yelm standouts. You're listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. Uh, Good morning. Welcome back to Red Zone Talk, brought to you by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. We sure appreciate their support. And we are moving on to, uh, what are we moving on to? 2A. And we're going to talk first about River Ridge Hawks. The River Ridge Hawks are out. They lost to North Kitsap, but they finished six and three and did make postseason play. Yeah, actually, it was six and four once you throw in the playoff game. Oh, okay, but, right. But uh, yeah, and they looked like they were going to get it done up there. They got it up to a twenty-two to twelve halftime lead with Samasi Manu almost single-handedly doing it. He had uh, run for touchdowns of twenty-one and eighty-one yards, and also threw a fifty-two-yard touchdown pass to Lamar Campbell. But uh, in the second half, Ridge didn't score at all, and North Kitsap will move on, and uh, Ridge will not. Um, and they do lose some players. Uh, Manu will graduate. Karen Hunkel will graduate. But they do have, as I've talked about week after week, a uh, sophomore uh, combination of passer and receiver in quarterback Javon Brown and receiver Dante Owens, which is going to bear watching over the next couple of years. They produced a few touchdowns this year where uh, – I guess the cliche would be electrifying where Dante was just in full stride down the field. Javon found him, and uh, Javon's one of those kids that, you know, he goes to quarterback camps, he works on his game all the time. Um, If he can keep it up and Dante can keep it up and they can mix a few guys around him, um, they're going to need a running back because most of their yardage is going to graduate with Manu Hunkin and Brian Malloy. But um, there's, there's potential there at Riverridge as well for the future. Yep, they didn't finish as league champs like last year, but uh, they did finish strong, and it'll be exciting to see what they do yeah. next year. Well, and they didn't. One of the reasons they didn't finish as league champs is Stellicum, which is just loaded. Stellicum's yeah. got a number of Division One prospects on that roster, including a sophomore receiver and Emeka Buka, who can just about quote unquote score at will. So there's reasons that Rich didn't win that league this year, other than them not doing well. Yeah. All right. 
Moving on to uh, the teams that are in the hunt. The couple of Evco teams are in the hunt. The top five 2A teams, by the way, are Hawkinson, Black Hills, Linden, Liberty of Issaquah, and West Valley of Spokane. Now, Black Hills and Tumwater are on the same side of the bracket. They would meet in the semifinals. Black Hills Wolves are still undefeated after uh, defeating Columbia River 45-7. to yeah, and they're ten and zero, and they, they, along with Hawkinson, they were one of only two undefeated two A teams still left in the state. And in that game on Friday, they kind of stuck to the ground. Taylor Simmons rushed for one hundred and forty four yards, Preston Lee for one hundred and eleven, but uh, their sophomore quarterback—I just talked about Javon Brown—but uh, Jaden Cody at Black Hills, he's another one that's just outstanding. He found Ethan Loveless for two long touchdowns, one from forty two, one from sixty six yards. Also hit Josh Rogers and Alex Nagy for scores. Um, and only his fifth career start, as most people know that follow Black Hills. Ethan Loveless has been the quarterback, but he has a, a troubling elbow. His right elbow bothers him a lot, and uh, he has some injuries there. Um, trying to save himself for baseball, where he has a scholarship to the University of Portland. So he switched to receiver, and Jaden Cody just jumped right in. And uh, as uh, Coach Kirk Stevens told me, he said uh, – the moment's never too big for Jaden. So he did a, an excellent job in that game. And they had some defensive heroics in that ballgame as well. Colton Schneider, Lucas Johnson, Simmons, Loveless all intercepted uh, Columbia River passes. And Julian Kennedy uh, made a lot of noise literally hitting uh, Chieftain's ball carriers. It was a, a proverbial smack of pads when uh, Julian got ahead of steam going wow. on a guy. So, yeah, they were they were clicking on both sides of the ball. I was there. I was walking the sidelines. And uh, – Wolves are ready. I don't know if they'll win state, but they are certainly capable of it. We'll, well see what happens. We have, I'm looking forward to it. As uh, as it stands, they are the second seed. As the second seed, you get to face the number 15 seed. That's a four and five team, Burlington Edison from way up north. They got to come down here because the game's at Tumwater District Stadium tonight. Yep, and four and five, and not only that, um, I've got to believe, I'm not trying to make fun of uh, the Tigers, but I've got to believe they're the only team in the United States that's lost to Lord Tweedsmuir. It's a Canadian school that came down and thumped him. So I w- I'm going to go out on a limb and pick, pick Black Hills in this ballgame. All right. The tailgaters will be at Tumwater Stadium tonight. Stop by and uh, say hello. Our other team in the playoffs is uh, the the Tumwater T-Birds. They finished 8-1. and one. Uh, I guess they're 9-1. and one. They uh, beat Woodland. Boy, what a game that was, too. Um Tumwater was down 26-22 at the half, and they came back to win, as you said, 58-38. And worth the price of admission, if there wasn't a single Tumwater player on the field, was uh, Woodland's quarterback, Tyler Flanagan. The Flanagans are a longtime family at Woodland. Tyler broke his dad's rushing record there. Um, His grandfather's a big uh, club track coach in the area. They're just – they kind of are sports in Woodland. And Tyler almost carried the ball every single time in the first half. He had 200 yards rushing by halftime. Ended up with 517 yards of all-purpose offense. But that's one guy, and Tumwater had the depth going for them. Uh, Dylan Loftus, who um, last time I saw Tumwater in person, um, Black Hills kind of had the number of him and Zane Murphy. But this time Dylan broke loose for 242 yards, three touchdowns. Hunter Baker, who gets all the hard yardage between the tackles, had 193 yards. And despite those two guys rushing for over 400 yards between them, Three other running backs, Zane Murphy, Rico Spegner, and Turner Allen, who's back from an ankle injury, making them even deeper. They all were able to score touchdowns as well. So um, they were 
they were moving the ball. They came back and got uh, Woodland after Tyler Flanagan and almost single-handedly uh, put them on top. Defensive back to John Freeman in that game had a pair of interceptions. One of them was really crucial late in the game, turned the momentum around. So um, good effort on both sides of the ball for uh, the T-Birds in that one. And they've uh, entered the bracket as the number six seed. So they draw the number 10 seed. That's seven and two Prosser. The Mustangs are going to have to saddle up and gallop from the east side to the west. That game is at Tumwater District Stadium. Uh, and again for uh, Tumwater, the second Saturday game in a row. Yeah, it's, Saturday games at Tumwater are kind of fun. I saw them play um, Archbishop Murphy there a couple years ago in the playoffs, and it's a it's a nice atmosphere there. Um, they got to be careful with Prosser, though, even though Prosser is the lower seed. Prosser, I believe, has knocked them out before during the playoffs. Prosser is they, strong every year. They, they have been for decades. They are a 30-time league champion in their league over wow. the years. Not in a row, but they've won it 30 yeah. times. Uh, they come in off a 12 nothing shutout of Ellensburg, and they've got some offensive stars. Their quarterback, Will Weinman, is good. they got a running back, Cord Tuttle. Um, but they did suffer two injuries to offensive line starters versus Ellensburg. So we'll see if that uh, that helps the T-Birds at all. All right. That is going to be a lot of fun. Again, that game is Saturday. Uh, and what time? You know? I believe it's at 1 o'clock. Okay, an afternoon game. I really like that kind of stuff. Yep. Still to come are 3A teams and Dave's interview with Yelm linebacker Peyton Gendron and running back Stephen Reyes. This is RZT on KGY. We're back with Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. To finish up our look at this week's local high school football, we're up to 3A in the South Sound Conference. We've got teams in the hunt, and uh, there are five teams, uh, the top five. Let's go over those. Eastside Catholic, O'Day, Mountain View, Bellevue, and Lakes. Our teams are not in that top five. Like our 2A teams, though, Yelma Timberline are on the same side of the bracket. They would meet in the semifinals. The other team in our league that is in the bracket is Peninsula. They're in as the seventh seed. They're on the other side of the bracket, uh, and they're going to face number 10 seed, 7-3, and three, Bethel. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. They had a, a big route of Seattle Prep at their place the other night, and uh, their running back, Braden Potter, rushed 29 times for 282 yards and four touchdowns. So, um, obviously, Peninsula's ground game is clicking. And they split with the two teams down here. They lost to Yelm, but they beat Timberline. So be interesting to see how these three go ahead. I mentioned in uh, one of the stories I wrote in the uh, Olymp- Olympian how all three of those teams during the um, regular season in the Associated Press poll never were more than one of them ranked. And now they're taking up three of the 16 slots in the in the postseason bracket. So that really says something. So the S3A SEC may have been a little tougher league than people gave them credit for. Yep. Timberline, uh, they are alive in the round of 16 after blanking Oak Harbor 21 to nothing. Yeah, and that was, that was a good win for them because not only was Oak Harbor actually ranked ahead of them in the, the poll, even though Timberline got the home game, in the AP poll they were ranked ninth and uh, – Oak Harbor is ranked seventh. Oak Harbor's coach, Jay Turner, was on the seating committee. So when you talk about the eye wow. test, you know, you walk out there and you, your team gets shut out by a team, you're liable to uh, have a more favorable impression of them. And, yep. that, and it took everything Timberline had to narrowly avoid a difficult situation. Uh, you mentioned they're hosting Mount Spokane. Well, they're the nine seed. They're the eight seed. Mount Spokane is the nine seed. Yeah. You flip that around, Timberline's making a 300-mile trip out to Spokane. So – they really, really lucked up on becoming the eighth seed instead of the ninth if that was going to be the matchup. So yep. 
Um, everything they did in that, you know, by beating Oak Harbor in front of the Oak Harbor coach, uh, who's on the committee, that probably helped them a little bit to to avoid the fate of having to go on the road for their first round game. And Mount Spokane is uh, it's got a long drive. They're an eight and two team. They're going to be a tough foe. They really are. But you know, Timberline, um, they are. Uh, they're just you know, Timberline's kind of like a machine. They do the same thing every week, and nobody can stop them from doing it. Um, senior quarterback Hunter Campow. Uh, who I believe was named, I haven't seen it in print, but I've heard that he's named the uh, SSC Offensive Player of the Year this year. He completed 8 of 11 passes, 142 yards and two TDs against Oak Harbor. Isaiah Jarenz and J.J. Graham caught those. And seemingly every week, Noel, you you were at a game where they got a fumble on the opening kickoff. Yep. This time, uh, Wildcats were backed up in their end zone, tried to punt, and Keola Allison took it at the 17-yard line and ran the punt back. So. I saw that on King 5. Yeah, so they, they showed that on King 5 a couple of times. Seemingly, they just get one of those touchdowns every week that just uh, just uh, aids their, their thing. And anyway, Campau also rushed for 93 yards. He's had a, a bunch of 100-100 games this year. Not quite this time, but he had 93. Noel, Noah Cunningham and Jaden Gorman both rushed for 43 yards. And defensively, Jamin Faalago and Justin Kuhn um, really slowed down Oak Harbor's run-oriented offense, held them to just 106 yards on 44 attempts. I believe Falago had 14 tackles, so a lot of uh, good work from those two linebackers to help slow down Oak Harbor. All right, we'll look forward to seeing how they do against uh, Mount Spokane. Yelm is 7-3. Uh, and three. They're now better than uh, Jason Ronquillo had them last season. They beat Bishop, ba- Bishop Blanchett. 24 to 21. They did, and that was an exciting game for them. They had to hold off uh, the Braves at the end. They took a 14 nothing lead in the first quarter. Derek Platt and uh, Carson Ament both ran for touchdowns, but then the Braves came back and they had it tied before halftime. But then uh, senior quarterback Kyle Robinson kind of went to work in the air, 251 yards on an interception free, 10 of 15 passing. And before halftime came around, he put the uh, – um, tornadoes back up by finding his favorite receiver, Cody Gifford, for a 66-yard touchdown pass. And Alex Fry later kicked a field goal, and that gave Yelm enough to stave off a late touchdown by Blanchett. And so Yelm enters the bracket as the 12 seed. Uh, so they got an uphill. They're going to face the number five seed, eight and two Lakes. Yeah, it's a good news, bad news thing there. They got to play Lakes, which, believe it or not, Capital beat Lakes soundly on opening night. So Oh, Lakes, yeah, I remember Lakes, that. Lakes is not invincible. I hear they had some injuries and in ineligibility at that time, but nonetheless, not an unbeatable team. They've got a great quarterback who's passed for over 2,000 yards and Liam Bladow. He's got Philip Riley, Deshaun Wayne, and uh, Bronson Pia to throw to. He's got a great running back in Khalil Lewis. But uh, here's, the, uh, here's the flip side of the coin. Going back to those 31 years to so that last Yelm team that made state, their first playoff game was at Harry Long. Harry Lang Stadium in uh, Lakewood, and they won it uh, sixty-two to twenty over Monroe. So, wow. if if any of those kids were alive then, they'd uh, have fond memories of uh, Yelm's only state tournament win coming on the field. They'll be playing on Friday night. So, Is they, are they going to play on that same field? They, does Lakes have a field? I thought maybe they played at Mount Tahoma. No, it, it's it's at Lakewood. Is it? It, it okay. was. I, I talked to as I was as we mentioned. I think we talked about. I talked to Dennis Larson, who was the coach at Yelm in those days, and he said, yeah, it's the same field. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, at, it's actually at Clover Park, but it's called Harry Lane. Okay, State. yes, Clover Park. Yeah. All right, yeah. right. So right. that's that's where they'll be playing it, and uh, history repeats itself, and Yelm's hoping that they'll leave with a win just the way history had it 31 years ago. That is awesome. So a lot of action coming up this weekend. 
We do want to say congratulations to Northwest Christian School winning their second consecutive cross-country title in the 2B-1B. We do, and here's here's a really interesting fact about that. Um, they got some great runners. They got Noah Phillips and so forth that, that lead that pack. But guess who came in second in that in that meet? Pope John Paul II, which is, is a, a high school here in town. Another school in Lacey. It's located less than two miles from Northwest Christian. And who's their coach? Larry Weber, the former uh, Northwest Christian coach. So um, I don't know how far John Paul is from catching up to Northwest Christian, but they were one and two by a wide margin. But they were one and two in state, and they're a mile apart. That so, is awesome. Yeah. I missed. I missed that John Paul was number yeah. two. All right. Uh, Capital Girls working to defend their volleyball title. They'll play Stadium at home Saturday at noon. North Thurston Girls also in the playoffs. They play Central Kitsap at Bonnie Lake. That's also Saturday at noon. And congratulations to Olympia's girls soccer team. District champions made the postseason but lost to Skyline on Wednesday. Yeah, I was at that game, and uh, only uh, as they so often do, a little bit overmatched in that game, but they held on, and uh, it was 0-0 at the half, and then uh, um, Skyline broke through in the second half to score three goals. But, you know, it just seems like Olympia girls soccer, when they're uh, in one of those games where the other team has a little bit more talent, they're always able to hold off and, you know, make it a tough battle, and they did in that game. It was, uh, I wouldn't say it was closer than the score would indicate, but it was more exciting than the score would indicate. Let's put it that way. All right, that's good. I am going to back up because we both forgot to play the interview when we were talking about Yelm. And so we're going to go back. Uh, maybe you want to set this up because you were talking to uh, the two Yelm players about how exciting it is to be in the playoffs. Yep, and this is uh, Peyton Gendron, who's the linebacker. Derek Platt gets a lot of the pub for the linebacker position there, but um, talking to both of them over the course of the season, they work off each other quite a bit, so he's a key guy. Steven Reyes is a wrestling champion, a um, little smaller guy, but he's a speedy running back and DB for them. Um and yeah, you're out in Yelm, um, and it's you know it's growing. It's a much bigger city than it used to be, but um, still a small town. Still a lot of excitement in, in uh, finally getting back to the to the state tournament, and they're both uh, excited to be there and confident. All right, let's hear that interview. You guys are seniors, and uh, Yelm's going to state for the first time in 31 years, which is clearly I would say before not quite before your parents were born, but definitely before you guys were born. So, how big does that feel? How, how big is it to finish your high school career with that kind of accomplishment? It's awesome, you know, like last year making it to playoffs and then losing the first round, it kind of, it was a bummer for us. And then so this year, it, instead of like just being happy to be in the playoffs, we kind of made an expectation to go for, as far as we can and to win a couple games. And um, we're hoping to do that this Friday and uh, continue to keep going, keep it the streak going as long as we can. Steve? Yeah, it kind of just goes off, uh, it feels good to win that, that extra game that we didn't win last year. And just the, the start of a, the, the slogan we have here, change young forever, is just kind of starting that whole thing for the uh the kids under us yeah, and there's nobody on your team that has ties to the last team that won in 87 but do you guys have any friends and neighbors that remember that and talk about that at all yeah um i have a lot of friends that uh, or a lot of teammates that we played with last year and it's uh it's crazy be- being in that same position with them now and then being with different guys but being in the position we are now and that difference and just seeing the differences between the two teams. Um, yeah, there's a, like a lot of the times that you'll go around campus and you'll see like teachers and stuff, and they'll talk about, oh, I remember when I went to Yale High School and that was our year or whatever. And now you guys are doing it, so it's kind of cool to see like in a small community, you see a lot of friends and family and um, people that you're close to, and then there's a lot of memories that go back to when you know they're in high school and their memories of the football team. And yeah, it's cool. So, what do you guys think is the biggest factor that makes your team so good this year? 
Um, I think personally, I think it's team chemistry and then the work that we put in in the off season. So like a lot of our team has played since we're little in little pee wee football. And then we kind of just grow up playing football together in the middle school, like our, our quarterback and our receivers, they have really good connections together. Um, really good friends and we're always there for each other. And then we put in a lot of work this off season in um, weight room, studying film and uh, like seven on sevens in the summer. Just doing a lot of work. I think along with the team chemistry, a big factor is the team leadership. Although we have four captains, um, we, we have captains all over the team, whether they're nominated or not, or out there on the coin toss. That leadership across the offense, defense, special teams, I think that really just gets everyone on board. And what do you guys think about Friday night? What do you guys need to pay particular attention to to come out on top of the lakes? In particular, on defense, we're kind of keying in on the running back, making sure that we can stop the run game, and then just make sure we don't get beat over top, and then we should have them on defense. And okay. then offensively, we're just sticking to our game plan. We're just playing us, and then they haven't seen us this year, so it's going to be a surprise for them. I think just going at them and showing that we have better athletes and we're going to play harder than they are. And who wants it more? And um, why not Yelm? Yeah, good thing to end on. Thank you. All right, it was a great interview. Nice to hear from those guys. And again, Yelm faces Lakes tonight. Yep, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough game. I'm interested. It was kind of interesting that Peyton said they were going to key on their running back when he was quarterback with uh, 2,200 yards passing. But I'm pretty sure they're well aware of uh, both factors and uh, – you know, what uh, Jason, to the head coach, Jason Ronquillo, was telling me, he said uh, they need to really be uh, cognizant of field position. He said those guys are going to be dangerous when they get the ball in their hands. So let them be dangerous from 80 yards from the goal line instead of 50 or 60. When they <laughs> there you go. It. So we'll see how it goes for all these teams on uh, tonight and Saturday. All right. College ball. Cougars beat California, and they play at Colorado. Yeah, that wasn't an unexpected victory to me over Cal. I think they'll also uh, do well against Colorado. And Huskies over Stanford have a bye. Yeah, and that was that actually kind of surprised me. I thought that might be a game that Stanford would step up. I and, thought so too. And beat Washington, but good for the Washington fans. They were able to get that victory. Seahawks fell to the Chargers, although throwing to the end zone with no time left. That was spectacular. Yeah, well, who who knew the Chargers were going to be what they are this year? LA's football town, USA, right now. Yeah, they the are. The way they're doing and the Rams are doing. The next foe is 8 and 1 LA Rams. Well, they got them again, but don't forget, what they lose to them last time? Only a couple of points, I think. So right. um, not not impossible for the Hawks to pull that one off. But like I just said, L.A. is football town USA as far as the NFL goes right now. Didn't even have a team a couple years ago, and now they've got uh, two. two of the best teams in the league. <laughs> so it's interesting. Oh, man. Yeah, the way, the way it works. Holy cow. Sunday is November 11th. It's Veterans Day. Veterans Day celebrates all veterans living and dead. There are 22 million of them which is down from recent past in the United States. Nine million are over the age of 65, couple million under 35. About two million, or 9% of them, are women. Washington has the seventh most vets of American states with over 64,000. Gulf War veterans have overtaken Vietnam and now make up the largest group. Veterans make up about 7% of our population. That is a declining number. They do represent about 9% of small business owners, which is a high relative percentage. About 12% of homeless in America are veterans. Too many veterans deal with things like PTSD, for which they typically do not get enough help. Despite growing awareness, there's a lack of counseling for mental issues. Many also deal with lack of formal education. You see, when you enlist at 18, you give up your college years. And as a result, even though 92% of vets have a high school diploma or a GED, 
Only 26% have a college degree, even with the GI Bill. Those who serve do it because they believe in our country and our military, and if it weren't for the men and women who do serve and who have served, we would not surely enjoy the freedoms we enjoy today. Take a moment during your busy day Sunday and say thank you to a vet. Then again, any day is probably a good day to say thank you for, to a vet. Well, let's see. I said earlier that we want to continue the Red Zone Talk Show concept into basketball. We would plan to cover both boys and girls teams throughout the season. And again, here's what we need. We need signs of interest to show my management here. So email me, rzt at kgyradio.com if you'd like to hear a high school basketball show. We'll also need sponsors, so email if you know someone who'd like to be a sponsor. And we'll need a name for the show, something with the, the word talk in it, preferably. So email us your ideas for all of that, rzt at kgyradio.com. There are 28 high school contests tonight, 10 more tomorrow. Tonight's weather cool and cloudy. Wear a coat, bring a hat. The Red Zone Talk tailgaters, Maddie and Lilas, will be at Tumwater District Stadium for that Black Hills game, so stop by and say hi. Uh, we're meeting more and more Red Zone listeners every week. We'd love to meet you. Thanks to Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic, and uh, thank you, Dave, for your efforts today. Oh, no problem. Love being here. Find the podcast on KGY-FM. Email us. Join us next Friday at 8.30 for Red Zone Talk as the playoffs continue right here on 95.3 Olympia's very own KGY. KGY.